How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Welcome to another episode of EMS World Podcasts. I'm your host, Mike McCabe. Today's episode is a powerful one. We often talk about the need for responders to engage in better life habits, ones that will promote healthier lifestyles, decisions that will put us first, ones that work to heal the exhaustion, trauma, and broken consciousness that unfortunately are ever-present in our line of work. My guest today is a survivor. She reached the edge and she pulled herself back. She is the author of Nervous System Resuscitation for First Responders, which was a featured story in the December issue of EMS World. Ms. Crystal Little is a paramedic in the state of Florida, and she is a powerful individual with a powerful story to tell. Crystal, welcome. Thanks for having me. Listen, you know, this is a topic that obviously has, you know, gotten a lot of traction over the last couple of years as far as self-help and and awareness uh, for responders. But your story hit different. Um, you know, it talks specifically about nervous system resuscitation for first responders. And as we spoke offline prior to to starting the recording, it's interesting because there's always these different ways and examples of throwing these things out to responders. Like, oh, you need to do a better job getting rest. You need to cut out caffeine. You need to do this and that. But you cite very specific examples in your story. And, and really, before we get into those examples, Tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to this place. Well, I'll try to keep that short. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's hard, right? Because it's really a lifetime. I mean, we see a lot of things on the job that can affect us. But it, when I talk about the nervous system, it depends on where you're at, how regulated you are, dysregulated are on really how these events that we deal with will truly affect us. Where are we at? How much space do we have to really process this? And sometimes I don't think we're in the best state. So when we see these things, or you, or maybe it's a life event, you can start to spiral. And for me, you know, I I lived, I don't know, a fast life, you'd say. Like, I mean, I was never taught how to self-regulate. You know, you're you get on the job. I was a baby, I was 20. Um, but that doesn't discount everything that happened before. But I just didn't have the tools. So you know, I was working on shift. I was teaching at a college. I was training. I was racing, doing all these things for years. And on the outside looked like I had it all together. And, you know, you'd go out partying and drinking with friends. All these things start to build up over time when you're really not taking care of yourself. And in your twenties, you're super resilient. So it doesn't feel like anything, but as you get older and you start to, to really feel the effects of these things, I had, you know, my, my rock bottom moment in 2019, where I just, uh, I was selling two homes to buy a home. My home sold, had nowhere to go. The house I was buying, the sellers defaulted on closing day. I'm 35 years old. I've got nowhere to live. Mm -hmm. So all my stuff goes into storage. Now I got to move back home to my childhood bedroom. That was, you know, so what did I do? What I always did. I grabbed my friend and we went drinking because I got, I got stressed. I got to blow off. Well, you know, I drink, I made some poor decisions. And then that, 
that incident incident wasn't any different than anything I had done in the past. I had done similar things in the past, but they didn't quite affect me the same. And this was just because of this buildup of the lifestyle and the choices I had made up to this point. So this seemingly not big deal thing turned into the, the downward spiral for me. And about six months later, and I had at this point moved into my home, I was building, you know, security in my roots, but I was still in this deep shame spiral and I wasn't really in a a safe relationship at the time. So that, that was another compounding factor. And by November of that year in 2019, I had a gun to my head and I was, I was ready to just take the karma and come back. Do not pass go, do not collect $200, just let's end it and we'll start over. And that's kind of where I was. And I had a choice to do that because in my belief sets, you're going to keep coming back till you learn your lessons or, or I could try to make a change. And I was fortunate enough for somebody to, to walk in the door at that moment and stop me and like have this conversation where I was still very stuck, but I, I knew this wasn't the way. And I just, I, I decided I was going to climb out of the hole and that was kind of where it started. Wow. Um, you know, you tell the story, and, and I think, unfortunately, that there are many, many, many responders out there that have probably gone through similar situations and maybe not you know, told the story or as bravely as you have. But when you reached that point and you recognized that you got that second chance there, um, what mission did that send you on? How did you pivot from there? Uh that's interesting. So because I, I had some kind of inner knowing at some, you know, throughout my life, you know, no one's a whole complete perfect person, right? We know that's a thing. We all have these little traumas. Some of us have bigger traumas than others. So I had been looking through our department's employee assistance program to find a therapist that could help me like work through some of my, my stuff that I was carrying with me from my whole life. Yet I could never quite find somebody that I, it just, I felt like a broken record and I would get nowhere. So I would give up and then maybe like a year or two would pass and I'd try again. So I was, that was step one. I, and I happened to find the most amazing therapist who's right down the street from my house. And I, I tell her all the time she was born for this. She had some different approaches. Um, I, um, so that was step one. And I had already been doing yoga And at that point, I was already through my yoga teacher training. So I had deepened my practice in that and meditation and kind of learning a little bit more um, philosophy, which kind of was starting to under, I was starting to understand some things. But when I got to uh, my therapist, she started using EMDR with me to kind of reprogram some of my core memories. That's um, eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. So you basically take a movement. She uses these buzzers to kind of recreate REM sleep, which is where our memories are stored and you reprocess the memory. So they're not fragmented in the brain and you can move forward without like these limiting self-beliefs in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So that was step one. And it's a somatic process because she's using these buzzers, you're feeling this and you kind of feel some discomfort moving through your body, like an ache or like a restlessness that you want to shake out. And she would encourage me to like shake, move, like release that, that stagnation that, that is starting to arise. Uh, from there, I was just on a mission. I started to listen to this inside voice that I had on mute for many years. I was disconnected from my body. I was disconnected from my intuition and working with her, getting reconnected to my body started to uh, take that voice off mute. 
And I started looking, I, you know, I listened to podcasts on self-help and growth and all of these things. And I'm like, all right, let's find, like the cold was calling me, cold plunge. And, I'm, and I knew it was more than just recovery from workouts. Uh, to me, it was more, uh, so these different things that I started learning about and I was on a mission and then I would meet these people. I met this, this one woman who was opening up a cold plunge studio and I was like, she was, I followed her for like six months on social media and I was like her biggest cheerleader. She was my first experience with that. After a few months, she hired me and she's like, I want you to be certified to be a guide. I'm like, all right, let's do this. So it was just this process of learning to listen to that inner voice and follow these like little nudges. And if it didn't pan out, it didn't pan out, but it started me down that path. So step one for me was finding a therapist, but then I think healing those, doing those body practices really helped my mind open up and receive what the therapist was really trying to work with me on instead of having that block that I, you know, my body was creating on a really physical sense. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, again, you look at this and, and as I, as I said, when we started, you know, there's so many people that just say, okay, well, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. But you're talking about, you know, physical things now, you know, that you're recognizing you're not mentally, you're not well, physically, you're not where you need to be. And, you know, we're starting to incorporate things like, you know, cold, cold water immersion and things like that. Like everybody sees on TV, like Mark Wahlberg does this every morning and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I did that, I would literally <laughs> die, I think. Yeah, it's not but easy. it's not I can't imagine it. But these are things these are physical callings that y- your body um, is is really screaming for and they're working for you. And, you know, in in your story, you you kind of break it down into, into different different parts. And I guess really, you know, how, how are we get, how are we broken? What are the reasons why we're broken? And, you know, obviously the first, the first part of this is, is it the job? And, and so tell me a little bit about that. You know, again, I think we all understand that the pressures and the stresses that we're under, but the job that we're saving people on a regular basis is killing us. In a way. Yeah. And I think it's, it's not just the calls, right? It's the lifestyle that's, that comes with, the job, right? The, the lack of sleep, it's shift work, um, you know, and if you're a shift work and you're at a busy station, you're drinking caffeine all day long because you're like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sleep. I know I'm going to run. And you're not allowing your body the the time to rest, recover. Typically the diet's not right at the fire mm-hmm. station. Oh, they're disgusting. You know? yeah, yeah, I sure. mean, it's amazing food, but, you know, on a very basic level, if you've ever said I'm hangry, you understand that food affects your mood. Mm-hmm. And that's not just being hungry and irritable. That is the food you're probably craving. You've got this whole little world in your gut and you, like your, your brain neurotransmitters that affect your mood are made in the belly. The yep. vagus nerve connects the brain to the belly. So the food you're eating, you're eating matters. The caffeine, the alcohol we consume that sterilizes that gut microbiome matters because these are the bugs that create these neurotransmitters that affect your brain. So the, the calls and when you're, living in this space, maybe you run 500, you know, run of the mill, no big deal calls. But then when you're living this lifestyle and then, you know, the PD code or the MCI, or, you know, uh, you run something that reminds you of a family member, whatever it is, it can begin to affect you because of this lifestyle. These calls do affect you mentally. You know, you could run something that that you just cannot handle. But 
how do we know if we were taking the best care of our bodies and our nervous systems, maybe it would still be difficult. Maybe you'd have to go talk to somebody. Maybe they help you work through this, but you've got the resources and the capacity to do this. If you're in the red and that's the thing, like for me, I, that was my straw that broke the camel's back it was something that I, I it was something I created in myself, but that was it. It was nothing new. It was something honestly routine. Um, so that was the straw. So the call can be the straw, but what is all these things leading up to it that we do have control over? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I think you touch on a really important point is that, you know, yeah, people say, Oh my God, I don't know how you do that job. You see such terrible things. Yes. A hundred percent. And that, and we tend to, you know, at least my wife tells me have the ability to compartmentalize things mm -hmm. probably to a fault. And mm -hmm. that's true. But the lifestyle of the profession is such a factor as well. Like you mm -hmm. say, like you don't sleep, right? Or you're working nights and, and you're not in REM sleep. You're mm -hmm. not getting the appropriate rest, all of those things. But you also touched on one important thing that I think, um, you know, people in emergency services, you know, think it's a chink in the armor and that's, you know, therapy. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, oh, well, I'm not going to, I don't need a therapist. Right. Because that would, that would prove that I'm soft. I, I don't, I can't overstate, you know, the importance of therapy, especially just, you know, for your own well being, self help to maintain, you know, you know, a, a, a continuation of your, your, yourself so that you don't get crazy. You don't have to just go seek that out if you're feeling a certain way. You know, I just think that it's such um, a stigma. And it's, it is a stigma. Um, I, I'm my hope. And I believe that it is happening slowly, but surely as people are much more open to it. Uh, part of it though, is sometimes they don't know what they would even talk about. Right. Like mm -hmm. I, I think everybody should have a sounding board, a counselor, and this, maybe you see him two, three times a year. It doesn't have to be like, I was a weekly person for years, especially after that incident, after 2019, I, and I was like, I, I wouldn't let her go. And she's like, you're doing good. I'm like, not yet. I just recently agreed to once a month and that's just where I'm comfortable. I, uh, but for me, I, I use it a bit differently. My father passed last month and I, like you can compartmentalize. So I have had, I've run bad calls, but I, I do it. I go, I process in my own way and it never slows me down. However, I ran a call uh, a week ago and it was a man about the same age as my dad. And I, in it, from what was told to me by how he was found it, I mean, it was the first time I ever had an emotional reaction to a call mm -hmm. and it, I'm in a much better place now to deal with that because I take care of myself in a different way. But that was a very, uh, different experience for me. I don't have children. I can only imagine how people with children feel when they run kid calls. This was an unexpected death of my father. And this man just kind of reminded me of what that might've looked like. And it, it just gave me a reaction. So the first thing I did was go to my therapist and say, Hey, I'd had this thing. And she said, let's EMDR it real quick. Let's reprocess that and move forward. And just like that, I no longer have this emotional reaction to the call. So for me, it's more, she, it's like um, a therapeutic drip, if you will. Now, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I like it. keeping me where I need to be. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. And again, you know, the, the self-awareness to know that, yes, I'm going to go to my therapist, we're going to work through this, is uh, that that's the missing part in so many in so many responders minds is that, you know, I, I you know, they they'll deal with that call and then they won't have an outlet. And yeah. I, I think that's really so important. 
And on top of that is they don't have that self-recognition of what you're talking about, about the role of diet and cutting out certain things in your diet and the rest that's necessary, all these other things. So it's just, it's bubbling up to a point where we're starting to see so many responders take their life, their lives. It's, it's alarming at this point. And, you know, I think your message is so incredibly important and how, you know, aside from writing this story, you know, how are you spreading this message? What is, what is the end goal here and and how are you going to achieve that? Uh, that's still in the works. Um, Mm -hmm. I would love to be able to create a program where, um, even if it was, in my department or, or maybe help other departments do this, you know, when they're, when they're ready, but to like, I'm not a therapist. I'm, I'm a certified coach. I'm a cold water guide, a yoga teacher, a breathwork facility. I'm all these things, but I'm not a therapist. Uh, I don't have all the answers. The things I have found, I have read and learned about and cited and, you know, I'm not doing these things, but if I had my way, I would love to create a program where, you know, these guys could say, Hey, you know what, as a crew, we would love for you to guide us through some movement. You know, I started doing this with actually my crews. They started saying when they found that I was a yoga teacher, they're like, Hey, can you come do yoga with us? Like, Mm. sure. And I do yoga for them very differently than I teach in a studio because these are men, they're two by fours. They're not mobile. You know, they're not, they don't care if they could stand on their head. They just need to stretch and move and kind of de-stress the body. So I teach very differently to them. And then I guide them through a meditation And when I tell you the way they come out, when I bring them out slowly of that, like stillness, you can physically see their body softer. You can almost see the energy around them just in a much calmer state. So I know that they're going to run calls. They're going to be more caring. They're going to be polite. They're going to be nicer. They're going to make better decisions. They're not going to get hurt because they're going to be moving in a more appropriate fashion than like, you know, up and down so fast. So less injuries. I would love for them to be able to say, Hey, we want to put this on the schedule. Can you come and do this for us? Can you come guide us through some cold water? Can we do an hour? Can you come and talk to us about some things we can do? I would love to create that or like, you know, on a bigger scale, consult for departments on like, hey, what can you implement to help your people? Because we're doers. We want to do a thing. Like if I tell you, hey, if you do this thing for me every single day, six to eight months from now, you're going to feel amazing. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to do it. Most of us though, we want it right now. We want oh, yeah. immediately felt result. And so the diet, yes. Are you you're you gonna feel that immediately? Probably not. You know, caffeine, nope, you're gonna feel sluggish and tired because you're so addicted to it. Right. Alcohol, you're not gonna get a hangover. Okay. But when it comes to sauna, yoga, mo- movement, right? Gentle movement, going for a walk, doing some breath work, getting out of the cold, like I can get you to feel much calmer, much softer, much more stable in an hour, I can get you to feel that right now. You're going to do that thing right now. It's also going to compound over the next weeks and months. And you're going to just have a better state of mind. You're going to have more clarity. You'll have more energy. Maybe your sex drive is going to go up because that's a consequence of having an overactive nervous system, low sex drive. Who wants that? Nobody. (laughs) So for sure, I tell you these things, you might actually continue to do them, but more so because you feel it right now. Personally, how long did it take for you to break that, you know, toxic nature of all of these things? You know, again, like you, you know, you can take that knowledge now and bring it to others, but you were doing it on your own, almost seeking out that help and looking for references and things like that. How long was it for you to break that? 
Um, it was a while because honestly, I didn't understand. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know right. what I was achieving. I was just, you know, this little voice in my head said, do this. And I was like, all right, I guess this is what the art universe, this is what we're going to do now. And I would sure. just do it. So I didn't have a, a map or a game plan or, and I didn't even know what I was trying to achieve. All I knew is think, things I was doing was feeling good right now. And I was cool with that. Okay. So uh, I guess for me, it started when I got an aura ring to track my sleep because I, I had read some books on sleep and recovery. And, you know, I knew that my sleep wasn't great. I was running a ton. So I, every third day, my sleep was jacked. So I got an aura ring because I was like, all right, let me see. Let me just see what my sleep looks like. And this thing gives you um, suggestions on how to improve your sleep depending on your goal. So it would be to stop eating a big meal, you know, three or four hours before bed it knew when I was drinking alcohol. Like, I don't know how this thing knew the difference between a, a meal and alcohol, but it knew. And it would say, you know, why don't you stop drinking a couple hours before bed? Shut up. I swear to God, it, like, it learned you. It's crazy. So it started giving me these suggestions of, you know, shut your screens down. Or if you're not going to do that, wear the blue light blocking glasses. And so, you know, meals and all these things. So what I started to do, like, as it kept telling me, plus, you know, I wanted to feel good. I didn't like the way I felt after it. So eventually over the course of like four years, I didn't, I at one point stopped drinking completely for 18 months. I was very, I was completely sober. And that just was like a hard reset. I started, it would tell me too caffeine. Like if you drank caffeine at this time, maybe, so it went from four o'clock to two o'clock to 12 o'clock. So, mm -hmm. and then I've just kind of figured out where, where I can be. And it was over the course of two years, I started feeling better. And that was just yoga and tracking sleep and diet and removing alcohol and caffeine. Then about like 21, 22 was when cold water and breath work and more sauna came in. Um, you know, float tanks, I also go and I'm, you know, but that would have been completely out of the realm of possibilities for me four years ago to go into a pod and like sit still for an hour and a half. You're out of your mind. Mm. But I can do that now. Because, wow. you know, some of these guys will say, oh, I could never do the cold. I'm like, but could you do sauna and could you maybe go for a walk or do some yoga that are things that are less confrontational? Because if you do that for three months, maybe the cold water, it's still going to be hard because it's never not hard, but you might actually be able to stand it for two minutes because you've actually settled your nervous system down to a point where that's doable. Not easy. It's never easy. I don't care if you do it every day, twice a day. It's not easy, but you become accustomed to it and you, the possibilities for you increase right now. That might not be possible, but in three or six months, maybe it is. Have you been able to change coworkers by what you're doing? Have you been able to bring them in to your realm and, and, and then come back to you and say, Oh my word, I, yeah. you know, I have such an incredible change. So that is the coolest thing. I actually, um, he, he was one of my rookies. So he's a young kid, him and his girlfriend, something about this kid. He, he just hung on every word I would say. And he was like, man, I want to do what you're doing. And so I, I have uh, my friend Daniela and I, we do, you know, um, somatic contrast, which is we had a studio and we were doing sauna, cold plunge and, and an hour of breath work. And he was like, I think my girl and I want to come. I'm like, all right. And like that, that first session, like changed this kid's life. And, um, he just said the clarity he found. And like, so he starts telling everybody about it. So now I've got other guys coming to me saying, Hey, I want to do this thing that you're doing. And, you know, uh, some of them are like, ah, cause the breath work can be pretty intense, but they're like, but I'll do yoga with you. Will you come to the station and do yoga? And like, so I can see 
not just a mental change, but a physical change. Like it's a, it's a really wild experiment and it's just, it's really cool to see and to like see the excitement when they feel that, when they feel their body let go of some of the crap that they're holding on to physically, like bound up in their nervous system when they finally actually release it through coach, you know, cause I coach them through this stuff and talk them through it and what they're feeling and, you know, let them kind of let it go. I mean, that's, I don't have kids, but it's freaking cool. Like when you, like, I imagine when you see your kid do something, you're like, wow, that's how I feel about these guys. They're my family. And I really care for them as people first before firefighters. And I, I want to create this space where it's okay to say, man, I'm just, I am out. I feel like I'm coming out of my skin. Hey, let's, let me, let me do some stuff with you and see if I can get you to, to feel better in your body. And that's, it's a gift. It's my honor that they come to me with this stuff. Well, Crystal, your story is, is really incredible. And, you know, it's, as I said in the beginning, it's a, it's a story of survival because it really was. Um, but you, you took, you know, the difficulty and the hardship that you were facing and you, you turned it into a positive in a way that many don't know how to do. But the hope is that you're, you're making a roadmap now for others, right? And I encourage everybody uh, to go to emsworld.com and read the featured story uh, by Crystal because it's incredible. Nervous system resuscitation for first responders. And I know that she's going to tell you that there's so much more than she was able to fit into that story. And hopefully uh, we'll be able to find some other areas where we can find out a little bit more. And, and is there anything you want to share on that side? Is, are there sites or anything that we should go to, to, to you know, follow up on this? Because it's like you said, it's 2,500 words. We want more. Yeah, 2,500 words is really not a lot. And I remember like in like middle school, you had to write a 500 word essay. And I was like, oh, so many words. And now that's like one thought. (laughs) So so, uh, I do do have a website. It's called alittlereset.com. I have not been posting as many blogs as I would really like to. I need to get on that because I I have these ideas. And then, you know, like everybody else, I get in my head. I'm like, does anyone care what I have to say? But people are asking questions. And, you know, as far as giving anybody a roadmap to, to this, it's, it's really getting connected to yourself. It's a process. It can't be rushed. The, the more consistent that you are with these practices and these practices are, are personal to you, what feels good to you. And you might, you might push your boundaries. Maybe you won't, but taking that account, that account of yourself, um, like I was saying, um, before when we were chatting over the holiday things get stressful. I was traveling. I wasn't at home as much. I was out of my routine and I found myself very anxious. I was in a beautiful place with beautiful people and family and surrounded by love. And yet I was not present to any of it because I was in my head. And I had to realize that's where I was when I went to talk to a therapist. She's like, oh, what's your routine like? I'm like, oh, I've been out of my routine. So immediately I got back in the cold water because for me, that's an instant fix. I got back to my yoga routine. I got back to these things. And within four or five days, my mind had quieted down. So it's a practice of taking an account of where I am physically. If I'm feeling stress in my shoulders, and for me, the first thing I'm going to do is, is yoga. There's, there's just different things where you can de-stress the body. So there's, there's oh gosh, so many resources I couldn't even name. Um, there's a lot of resources in the article that I link to studies um, that just show um, the actual science behind this, that it's not just like anecdotal, which I think is important because a lot of us in the medical field are, are sciencey. We want to, we want to see the proof like, okay, that's cool. That worked for you, but how do I know it's going to work for me? Well, here you go. They already did the studies on it. I just started doing the thing. Hmm. 
Well, I'll tell you, Crystal, as I said, this, this is really impressive. And, and I want to thank you for being so open and vulnerable, not just in the story, but with us today. You know, it's interesting. And, you know, it's, it's a process for sure. And it's something that I think we really need as a responder community to take better stock of. Um, you know, we talk about self-awareness and everything all the time. But I think how we control our lifestyle is really going to become important as to how you know, we get through these difficult times and, and this lifestyle that we live. So Crystal, I really want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us. Thank you. I really appreciate the space to do that. And thank you for listening to another episode of EMS World Podcast. Stay tuned. We have more great episodes coming up for 2024. We'll talk to you soon on another episode. I'm your host, Mike McCabe. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this audio and more like it on the podcast page of emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 